Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. Oh my god. There's a cult of ghosts. Everybody, that was probably very loud. Yeah, came in hot. This is Cash coming in hot. <laughs> coming That's in Joel hot. talking about me coming in hot. Yep, which is one of his favorite pastimes to talk about. That's all I talk about. It is weird. It's getting a little, <laughs> getting a little weird, man. We're back, episode fifty-two. Fifty-two. What's going on, man? Just being mediocre and middle-aged. We're still alive, so we're still. Yep. Uh, we were so this is not the uh, little experimental episode that we teased. <laughs> Why did we just keep teasing that for like five years? Hey, we might, we might. It might be the episode next week. It, it might, might not be. be. You guys no are pressure you us. guys never know what to expect from us, right? We yeah. lie to you all the time. <laughs> you can't ever trust a word we say. No, most of those murders we've talked about, I made all of them up. I did them. Joel did. Them <laughs> I did the other ones. Joel did the made up murders <laughs> yeah. that I talked about. You're like a copycat killer. I am the kill Crimes dozer. didn't really happen. You are the kill dozer. Yes. <laughs> All right, but yeah, we're here. Uh, this week, we actually don't have a story about murder. Oh, uh, we don't? Or crime, or ghosts, oh. or UFOs, or cults. We just have a story that I think is very interesting. Uh, what else is there? We'll find Butterflies? out. Nazis. Nazis? We'll All get right. into some Nazi talk. Okay. So, it's going to be a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, did not see that coming. Uh, uh, well, well, I hate myself. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So, <laughs> before we get into that, though, uh, so what we are recording on, what is this, May? This is May. <laughs> this We're is May, on, Saturday. On May 29th. 29th. Yesterday marked the five-year anniversary of the killing of the murder of Harambe. Oh, man. The gorilla. You know, and everything went downhill after that. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you brought it up before we started recording, it was him dying, and then Trump, and now here we are. Yeah, everything's really went to shit yep. since Harambe. I stopped believing in anything good after that. I Like, how long after that did we come up with the uh, everything is awful and nothing is good thing? Probably <laughs> like a year think, or so? Yeah. Probably about the anniversary, first anniversary of his death. I wonder what that kid did yesterday. He had better have fucking cured cancer. Yeah, that kid better do something good. Because uh, I bet Harambe would have. If I was that kid's parent, I would remind him every day. Yeah, you know, like, we, hey, like they killed a monkey, a gorilla, so you could be here. Like, so, fucking, you know. Clean your room. Maybe quit shitting your pants. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be like eight by now, so. Yeah, he's eight, yeah. Okay, so, well, he's he three about two happened. or three, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, by now. Great he... parenting, too, by the way. I don't know how that kid ended up down that pit, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, uh, the mother released, like, a statement the day that happened on Facebook where she was like, now a lot of people are going to point fingers and whatever, and I'm like, yeah, because you know yeah. you fucked up. Yeah. Like, you already know it was because of you that Harambe died. Yeah. But, uh, Live with that! The reason I bring it up mostly is because... Solved another one. Uh, five years ago is when uh-huh. he died. So that was in May of... What's five years? 2021? 2016? Yeah. Uh, You're on fire. I'm on fire. My math brain. 
Um, we did that year, that New Year's. Uh huh. We did a comedy show at a hotel in Marietta. Yeah, we did. We also before that show we recorded the first ever episode of Rough Sets. Yep. Which was our first podcast. So yesterday was the five year anniversary. Wow. Of us podcasting. Happy anniversary. Yeah. It's been five years. Dang. So we've had three podcasts now in five yeah. years. Uh huh. Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> it's so a process. I wonder how many episodes that is total. Like, because we did quite a few what's going on episodes. Uh huh. We did probably what twenty rough sets. I'd say we're I'd say we're probably at a hundred or so. Yeah. With the rough sets and what's going on in this. Probably around there. Yeah. But that show, like, I remember doing a Harambe bit at that show. Oh, really? And no one knowing what the fuck. Cause it was that all, was a weird show. Well, it was all older people. And they were like, the first row was like 20 feet from the stage. Yeah, you were way far back. Ohio State was playing Clemson on the TVs yes. in the back of the room. Yeah. And there was like music in between the, the comedy and stuff. Yeah, it was a very weird show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just remember having a whole bit about, like, something to do with them interviewing the other gorillas about what happened, <laughs> and, like, how one ends up, like, going off about how terrible Harambe was, and he deserved it. I don't know what the bit was now, but I just remember the whole entire, the crowd that I could see, just all older people, just yeah. like, who are these people yeah. he's talking about? <laughs> That's comedy. What is a ham <laughs> That's comedy. It was. I don't remember much about the show other than that, yeah. though. I, I remember the hotel room. I got comped the hotel room for putting it, for help putting it together. Yeah, and uh, of course Michael Cox was there. Rest in peace. Yes, speaking yep. of resting in peace. Oh, I do remember he somebody, was there. Yeah, Michael Cox. And I think it was me, you, Michael, Danny. Yep. And then uh, um, Cradle to the Grave played. Yeah. Todd and Morgan. R.I.P. Todd. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Five, man, Five. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cursed show. Can we stop. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's kind of because how long before? I think that was also how long have you been doing comedy you now? Eight years. I mean, technically eight. Of course, I didn't do any for fifteen months. You know, because of the whole COVID. Okay. But te- technically, I started eighteen years ago. This October. Eighteen, 18 years ago. <laughs> this October will be eight years for me. And okay. I cannot speak. Well, because I th- okay, so if this was five years ago that this happened, all right. So we both done a few comedy shows before. I was yeah. thinking it was like one of both of our first. I mean, the first three years I didn't perform a bunch. Okay, so there wasn't was... a lot going on, so I'm sure it was. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a couple questions for you. Like, okay. We're, enough with the Harambe talk. You know, rest right. in peace, Harambe, and you I know everyone else. Better be doing something. Uh, yeah, whoever that kid is, if you're listening. First of all, you're eight. You should be listening to this. <laughs> he definitely listens. Second of all, fucking make a difference in the world. Uh, my question for you is, whatever happened to that Juggalo kid that was hurting himself for our entertainment? The Juggalo? Oh, he's still on there. Superhuman. Is he still doing anything? Yeah. I haven't seen any videos in a while, but I was following him on Facebook there. And uh, he's like 30. <laughs> so I guess that's about what he looks. I thought maybe he was like a victim of COVID. Like I, I, I had not, heard, I've not heard from him. He had a wrestling friend called Good Friend Paul. Okay, and I think they had a falling out, and Good Friend Paul went they their separate ways. Oh, and now he's just you hate to see it. You hate to see it. But yeah, I think Superhuman, but it's like spelled different. Like if you look him up on Facebook, it's got two M's, I think, or like an O or something. I don't <laughs> or know that. Maybe maybe it is two M's. He's on Facebook there, and I'll see it and. Then, He's like, he'll post a pic, be like, missed me yet? And it's like him all Yeah, two M's. Up. Okay, two M's. Yeah, okay. So he's still alive. All right. I just haven't heard. Like, I feel like. Jay, I, you could probably book him for a match. 
I don't want to. Okay. I remember he that was. Do wrestling. I remember that was like the big. It was like before COVID hit. Uh-huh. I remember that was happening. He was starting to get him and his good friend Paul some bookings, mm-hmm. and like everyone was all pissy about it and upset. People love to get pissed and upset, <laughs> they, especially wrestlers. I know. It's like, how about just don't give a fuck? Ah, uh, they can't do that. <laughs> oh, they cannot. Like do you that. get pissed and upset, kind of gives it more attention. Oh yeah. So just be like, well. That's, that's not, stupid. That's not how their brains work. <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, 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 no. my day over what these people and, are doing. Yeah, and they will sit on Facebook all day <laughs> to argue every comment that Boy, is Boy, they're dumb. Oh, they're, they're idiots. <laughs> uh, yeah, superhuman, man. Okay, I was just thinking, you know, maybe... I mean, he kind of was, in a way, a victim of COVID, I think, because no one's fucking talked about him. Yeah, well, he does all the stuff outside, so I think he's safe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got a second question for you. All right. So my second question is, all right, so say you find a million-dollar lottery ticket. It's a winning ticket. Uh Uh-huh. And you know, like, you find it, like, laying on the ground. You find it, like... I'm coming here, and I'm shitting all over (laughs) your computer desk. Why would you do that to me? (laughs) (laughs) I just, just, you know, finally I can do it. I don't understand. Finally I can do it. Is this all you've been wanting to do? (laughs) Finally, shell over my computer. Shit on just over everything. Ah, well, this is <laughs> this changes a lot. Have a million dollars, I can be like, here, buy a new desk and computer, bitch. So you find this ticket, it's laying on the ground, <laughs> yeah. it's laying in the trash, it's laying uh-huh. somewhere, but you know who bought it. Oh, you know who it belongs to. Sure. What do you do with it? I think I would, if I knew who it belonged to, I would give it to that person because I, I wouldn't want that hanging over my head. So you would just straight up, here you go. Yeah. Found this. Sure. I didn't have it to begin with. So. Okay. Well, you share a lot in common with a Massachusetts woman who. I've heard that a lot that I hear have a, <laughs> share a lot in common with the Massachusetts woman. That's really heard that a lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, my whole life. She found on May twenty fourth, just a few days ago. She found a $1 million lottery ticket that had been laying. So what had happened was a woman comes in that everybody knows, uh-huh. uh, the customer, she, everybody knows her. She came in. She was in a hurry. She bought a $30 lottery ticket, which Ooh. is insane to me. Yeah. Uh, scratched it off real quick. Really didn't pay much attention to it. Thought it was a loser. Kind of left it laying on the counter, and she was like, can you please throw that away for me? You know, whatever. Uh-huh. Well, for whatever reason... Uh, they just let, like, this particular convenience store leaves their tickets, like, in a pile. Like, the ones people just want thrown away. Yeah. They leave them in a pile for, like, a week or so. Well, so, they take the ticket, throw it Because the they're lazy. Because <laughs> they're lazy. Yeah. Throw in the pile with the other ones. Well, another person comes in, and she's looking at these tickets, just kind of casually looking through them. Oh, shit, this is a million-dollar winner. One million. And she, they knew who it was. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, they... Did the same thing you said you would do. They contacted the person, let her know, hey, we have this ticket down here that you bought and thrown away. It's a million-dollar hey, winner. Uh, <laughs> now, hopefully the lady gave them a good bit of money for that. Well, see, now that's the thing. Uh, it doesn't say that. Uh, the lottery itself will pay the store yeah, uh, like $10,000. Yeah. Um, and the lady that won the money did say that she did give... Some money to the family yeah. as a thank you. Don't know. So here's a dollar. <laughs> here's a dollar. <laughs> here's the thirty dollars coming. Yeah. See, like I think what I would do if I was faced with the situation, uh-huh. I think 
I think I would go ahead and claim the ticket as my own, and yeah. then I would give the person that I knew had thrown the ticket away, uh-huh. like a hundred thousand. And I'd be like, "Hey, I know you bought the ticket, yeah, but you threw it away. Kind of fucked up. You fucked up." I guess I it found would, it. I guess it would depend what kind of person it was. Too. <laughs> that might make like if it was, she was a really nice lady every time she came into work, like that'd be cool. But if she came into work every day, and just made my life hell. You would sit there and think, though, you'd be like, yeah. "Was there any time that this bitch <laughs> <laughs> did anything?" At one time, I said, "Have a good day." She didn't say anything. And she I just think, said, "You too." Yeah, like, I didn't feel sincere. I'm gonna keep all. Her That's money. not worth. Yep, yep. She does not. Yeah. She isn't worth this million dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, all right. So you're a good person, and I'm. I'm less. Not. I'm less of a good person. <laughs> I'm still giving them money. I mean, this is all hypothetical, too. No, this actually happened. Uh, I mean, for us. But, I mean, me. I had yeah. to take it. I was going to tell you. You left it here last oh, okay. time. <laughs> I don't remember buying a $30 lottery Of course ticket. you don't, stoner. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's. Uh, oh, those are my questions right. for you. So Cool. I'm glad that we found out that you got are. Got to the uh, bottom of those. Got to the bottom of those. All right, so. You ready to get into the story? Yeah, should we? Uh, can I do my "Would You Rather" real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was uh, thought of a good "Would You Rather." We used to do these. We we've done these from time yeah. to time, and I always always enjoyable. Like, I, I was thinking of one for you today. Would you rather eat somebody's hair or drink their bath water? <laughs> this is what we call lose lose situation. So, what kind of rules are on eating their hair? You must eat their hair. Like, can I? You just, put it in your mouth and you swallow like, it. Can I mix it with anything? Um, no. You're just eating hair and drinking bath water. See, I feel like it's harder to eat the hair. Like, I pretty often get beard hairs, uh-huh. you know, in my mouth or whatever. And, like, it's very hard to do anything with them. Yeah. So I feel like if you just tried to eat hair, it's just... But then you can wash it down bath with... water. <laughs> Is fucking disgusting. Ah. Oh, it makes me think of the. Uh, I think was it a jackass thing where they they got the the sweat. They had a uh, the really big guy, the really fat. Oh guy, yeah, Preston. Preston, yeah. and they got the sweat, and uh, he was running on a treadmill. Uh huh. And like they even got it out was like ass crack. Oh no. And then like the guys had to drink it. Nope. It reminds me of that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm eating hair. Yeah, I think I would eat the hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give, I don't, me, give me some of that hair pie. I don't. Know how, yeah, I mean, <laughs> dive in. I don't know how well it's going down, but yeah, yeah that was I gross. Saw that, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Now I'm gonna be the whole time I'm gonna be sitting here trying to get my mustache out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, well, you really need to shave that thing. I'm not going to though. Okay. So, I really need to do a lot of things. <laughs> when I shit on your desk, I'll <laughs> what? Why? Why is this a thing you want to do? I don't like this. You know why. I don't. You think about it. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in 20 minutes after I think about this. No, all right, let's get into this story. So, for this story, we're going to travel back to Palo Alto, California. Okay. In 1967. Summer of 67. More specifically, we're traveling back to 1967 to visit Cubberly High School in Palo Alto, California, where Ron Jones, a 25-year-old social studies teacher... I thought you were going to say a 25-year-old student. I was like, he is too old. <laughs> Come on, Ron. Get your shit together, bud. Good thing I like about these high school girls. I get older and they stay the same age. All right, all right. Okay. 
Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, he was interrupted in the middle of a lecture about Germany just prior to World War II by a student who had a question. Why did the German people let the Holocaust happen? He's kind of just like, you know, they know what's going on. Uh-huh. How the hell does no one, Yeah, you know. So, Jones uh, was pretty well known for his interesting and experimental teaching methods. He was actually kind of controversial because he would allow guest speakers in the classroom, including communists, uh, Klansmen, and a member, or Klansman, like just one yeah. KKK member, and a member of the American Nazi Party. He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of teachers in the late 60s. He really is, yeah. because like you kind of have that thought process of... Uh, Might as well hear what they have to like, say. Let's hear. Yeah. I'd rather shine a light on this so people can... Form an opinion, I guess. Yeah. It's a weird way to, I don't know. Yeah. Because I kind of see, I've always felt that way about Rogan. Whenever people have issues with Rogan's guests, I've kind of been like, well, I mean, if you give the fucking nut job a platform, you people hope. People are going to see how nutty he is. You hope most people yeah. go, oh, that guy's fucking crazy. Uh-huh. You're probably going to have a few that go, I don't like what this guy's yeah. saying. Where has this guy been? Thank yeah. you, Joe Rogan. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. You're going to have both, I think. Sure, sure. But yeah, so this guy, yeah, that's kind of what this guy was doing. Um, but people loved it. Like, uh, he would have people from other uh, classes. Like, uh-huh. if they knew a guest, if they knew a speaker was coming in, he would have people from other classes like get permission from their teachers or whatever to come and yeah, sit, sit in. in. Sure. So uh, he would also teach by creating very involved simulations with his classes. Uh, he would have like you know big like kind of. You'd experience what the lesson was, which is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, students responded really well to Jones and loved taking his classes. Uh, he was given pretty much free reign by the school's administrators because his methods were always allowed to continue uh, until the third wave experiment happened, which is the story Skull? we're going to get into. Skull, Is yes. that like a Skull thing? So he starts the first ever Skull band. Okay. No. I wish that was. That'd be awesome. Bop, bop. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Uh, so, after the student asked Jones how the German people could let the Holocaust happen, he begins to think of a way he could truly answer that student's question. So, this was asked like, on a Friday. Uh-huh. Is when this was asked. So, he has the weekend. He's Because he says, he's like, I don't really have an answer for that when the student asks. Over the weekend, though, he decides he's kind of got a way to teach this. Yep. So, Monday morning, uh, as the students arrive for class... They find the classroom darkened, lights are down, uh, the chairs are all lined up in rows like they should be, but yeah. usually in his classes he would always just, you know, it's the 60s, man. Yeah. Like, just Free chairs love. all over the place, yeah. everyone's just chilling. They're all fucking during classes. <laughs> Everybody's snorting coke all Yeah, the hell class. yeah, man. Uh, so now the chairs are lined up in proper rows. Uh, all of the posters that had previously been on the wall, they've been ripped down, and the music of Wilhelm Wagner... Okay. He was a he's the dude that did the Rise of the Valkyrie. Yeah. Song Daniel Bryan's theme, which is super weird because <laughs> Wagner was a bit of a German enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, is playing on the record player, so setting the mood. Yeah. He instructs the class uh, that they're going to be participating in an experiment, according to a student named Mark Hancock. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you. <laughs> Mark, what a stupid name. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And Hancock. Yeah, I mean, you know. 
So Mark Handick. <laughs> Paul Dick. <laughs> he tells them. Uh, jo- he says that Jones tells the class, if you're an active participant in the experiment, I'll give you an A. If you just go along with it, I'll give you a C. If you try a revolution, I'll give you an F. But if your revolution succeeds, I'll give you an A. He also stated that anyone who just didn't participate or just, like, questioned this or whatever, caused uh, interruptions, they would be sent to the library, and they would receive an F. Dang. So, his demeanor and attitude had also changed. Uh, he was typically a fun, laid-back, cool kind of teacher. Everybody loved to have him, you know. Uh-huh. And he was in, always in a good mood. Uh, this Monday morning, though, he was a lot more stern. He grew a little mustache. <laughs> he grew a tiny little mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And while typically students were able to call him by his first name, they'd, you know, just call him Ron. Yeah. Now he, he tells them now they're to call him Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and, and me. And Nazis. <laughs> and Nazis. Uh, <laughs> so he begins the experiment by discussing one of the def- defining characteristics of Nazis. Okay. Which, what would you say is one of the defining characteristics of Nazis? I uh, hate. Okay. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> So the one he goes with is discipline. All right. Uh, he describes the beauty of discipline. They're disciplined in their hate. They are. <laughs> yeah, yes. their ignorance. Uh, he describes. And how, listen, if you're a Nazi and you're listening to this right now, you go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, yeah. man. Go go fucking run out in traffic. Yeah. You Nazi. We're fuck. in Parkersburg, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Please come and find us. Uh, I would love to introduce you to a baseball bat. Sure. I have. So, anyways, uh, how an a- he talks about how an athlete feels after working hard to be great at a sport. Uh-huh. How a ballet dancer or a painter works hard to perfect a movement or a portrait. Sure. Uh, how the dedicated pers- patience of a scientist results in an idea and a new discovery. It's discipline, that self-training, he says, the control, the power of the will, the exchange of physical hardships... For superior mental and physical facilities, the ultimate triumph. So he is selling them discipline. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To further illustrate his point on discipline, he commands the class to begin using a new posture when seated, explaining to them that from now on, the proper sitting position. Planking? Is this how planking, planking. came along? <laughs> this is ultimately the story of planking. Ah, oh, you snuck it into a Nazi story. <laughs> it's how I clever. Tell it's how I teach most lessons. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says that sitting properly with good posture leads to mandatory concentration and strengthens your will. So you know, I get that a little bit. You know, you don't want to slouch. I do though. You, I know I slouch too. I'm yeah. slouched right now, very badly. I'm trying to. I'm sitting up straighter as yeah. I tell this. Uh, Let me Nazi up here, okay? <laughs> I'm ready. So he has the students sit upright, feet planted flat on the floor, and their hands placed flat across the small of their back to force themselves to sit upright. Which is super uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm doing it now. I <laughs> yeah. hate it. Uh, so the students sit upright, just as they're directed, and he begins walking up and down the aisles of chairs, correcting the students, giving them, telling them, the, you know, adjust yeah. this, fix that. And after just a few moments, everyone is sitting perfectly in how they're supposed to be they sitting. W- they want to please the teacher. Yeah. So he says, he says that... Uh, in these drills, he concentrated attention on the feet being parallel and flat, the ankles locked, knees bent at 90-degree angles, hands flat and crossed against the back, spine straight, chin down, head forward. So he gets the whole class. The classroom is like 30 people. Mm-hmm. 
So then he he's down ass up. <laughs> he's down ass up. That's the way they like to learn Nazis. <laughs> yeah, plank. Uh, plank. <laughs> so he then instructs them that they're going to be participating in an exercise. Uh, he excuses them from their seats and has them leave the classroom, only to immediately demand that they return to their seats as fast as possible. So everybody starts running back in. They're bumping into each other, uh-huh. knocking over shit, making all kinds of commotion. Mostly just chaos. So he has them do it again. And again. And again. Until they are able to leave the classroom and return to their seats in the proper seated position in under 15 seconds. Dang. He tells them that this was satisfactory and they're going to move on with the lesson. But one student speaks up and says, no, I think we can do this faster. So they do. And they get better. <laughs> they get it down to like 10 seconds. Oh, my God. Think about that kid. Yeah, fuck that kid. That's probably the kid who asked about. That's probably the one to ask, like, hey, why did the Germans just let the fucking Nazis do all that? So he goes, he says, and uh, later, so Ron Jones would later write uh, a article after running into one of the students that Uh participated in this. Like, years later, he runs into him, kind of remembers all, you know, thinks about this again and writes his article. So in the article, he says, I decided to push the tolerance of the class for regimented action. In the final 25 minutes of the class, I introduced some new rules. Students must be sitting in class at the attention position before the late bell. All students must carry pencils and paper for note-taking. When asking or answering questions, a student must stand at the side of their desk. The first word given in answering or asking a question is to always be Mr. Jones. We practice short, silent reading sessions. Students who responded in a sluggish manner were reprimanded and in every case made to repeat their behavior until it was a model of punctuality and respect. The intensity of the response became more important than the content. To accentuate this, I requested answers to be given in three words or less. Students were rewarded for making an effort at answering or asking questions. They were also acknowledged for doing this in a crisp and attentive manner. Soon, everyone in the class began popping up with answers and questions. The involvement level in the class moved from a few who always dominated discussions to the entire class. So, just within one class period, yeah. he's like got these this entire class. These little idiots brainwashed, like whipped into shape. <laughs> yeah, not brainwashed, but definitely programmed. So that's the end of Monday. Okay. And Mondays, am I right? <laughs> Garfield. Who? Garfield hated Monday. The former president. Yep. <laughs> that cat president we had? Yeah. I remember Garfield, the uh, knockoff Heathcliff. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Uh, poor Heathcliff. Uh, really got fucked over there. I know. Him and his fishbone. Um, so, yeah, that's Monday. So, in just a, you know, one hour class. Yeah. Uh, so, he's actually, like, before he comes back into class the next day, he's, in his mind, the experiment's over. Like, he kind of demonstrated what he was trying to make a point of. Yeah. And his plan was to just continue the lecture that they were having the previous week whenever the kid asked that question. His plan was just to continue that lecture and to be like, you know, so as you can see yesterday, there's why. But as he gets into the class that morning, every student is sitting in the correct posture, looking straight ahead in silence, preparing preparing for the experiment to continue. Uh Uh, So it does. He just, off the top of his head, goes over to the chalkboard and writes in big letters, Strength Through Discipline. And below that, Strength Through Community. So he's just winging it now. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, let's see. Might as well try to take over the country. <laughs> see what we can, yeah. <laughs> can I become a cult <laughs> <Yeah>. leader? <laughs> hmm. So while the class, 
while the class sat in silence, uh, he begins to lecture about the value of community. Uh, he states that class, that community is a bond between individuals who work and struggle together. It's raising a barn with your neighbors. It's feeling that you're a part of something beyond yourself. Of movement. A team. La Raza. Which is a Conan thing. Yeah. That I know of. But actually it means community. Uh, a cause. It means a community or family. So he then you know, goes on to keep talking about how important community and discipline are. Um, and he has the class recite over and over again, strength through discipline, strength through community. First, he would have two students stand and call back the motto. Then two more would stand up. And then eventually the entire class would stand up and recite these two statements, these two phrases. Uh, the students begin to look, among, look at them, look at each other, yeah. and they started to feel like, "Hey, we're all, you know, we're this is we're doing this. We're like, together. This is, in we're this. together in this." Yeah. So they start to realize like everyone's equal right now. Like we're all, you know. So they do this kind of the whole period. Like they're just repeating this back and forth. Uh, he began to think of he. So Ron Jones starts to realize like he himself is kind of part of this experiment because he starts to kind of feel like I have some. I have some power here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do pretty much anything I ask him to. So he starts to kind of find it harder and harder to, like, even though he keeps thinking, like, all right, this should end. Yeah. You know, he keeps like, eh, let's see. Let's just see what we can do. A little bit more. So um, as the class is ending, he creates a salute. And the salute oh, is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> The salute is to bring your right hand up towards your right shoulder in a curled position like a C. So, and he calls this the third wave salute because he was kind of like a hippie surfer guy. Uh huh. And so, you know, he just thought of waves. Yeah. And so he kind of, you know, this is what he came up with. So you would, you would raise your arm up to the right arm, and then you would, as you would salute somebody, you bring. To see across your shoulder to the okay. your chest of the other shoulder, so you wouldn't pretend to suck it or something. You wouldn't because it almost you... looks like you're like just like have a big giant dick in your hand, right? Almost. That's not the salute. That's not the salute. Just like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what he was going for. I mean, I, all right, they could have left that part out. All there. right, uh, can that be our salute when we see each other? We just, oh, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, whatever. <laughs> That'll be fun to do in rinks. Uh, we'll have to <laughs> They'll love it there. Oh, they will. Uh, those people are very tolerant. So they got their little C salute. So when the bell rings at the end of class, uh, he asks them to all sit in silence, not to just rush out. Uh-huh. And then uh, while everyone's paying attention to him, he raises his arm up in the salute. And without any prompting, all of the students also put their arms up huh. and salute him. So... Uh, yeah, that's just, that's just two days. That's two days, and he's already got this entire classroom falling in line, yeah. and now they're saluting each other. pretty much. So he, you know... Uh, Call the future. Yes. <laughs> so on Wednesday, he... Hump day. He sees that he has a, he just, you know, he has a stack of index cards blank in his desk. So he grabs all of those, and he decides that he's going to issue all the students that want to continue with the experiment, a membership card. So he gives them the choice. If you want to continue to do this, stay in the classroom. If you don't, 
library. Peace out, Holmes. So uh, that's me. That's you. Yeah. So y'all, so you're out. I'm done with this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of a group. I don't want to be. I'm a lone wolf, baby. Well, so uh, funny you should say that. So uh, while this is going on, there's one girl. Her name's Sherry Towsley, and she basically becomes the only person to stand up against this. Mm-hmm. So day one, she says that she kind of like. As this stuff's happening, she's just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, you know. And she kind of gets what he's going for, though. But she starts to get a little bit nervous at how quickly everybody kind of starts this whole strength through unity, you know. Propaganda. Um, and day two, I think it was. No, day three that we're about to get into. She says uh, to Mr. Jones... Why can't we just say what we think? Why do we have to report on each other for expressing opinions? And he tells her, well, you can go to the library. <laughs> so uh, she's shipped off to the library. So he goes on to say, before this happens, you know, he hands out these cards. And on three of the cards, he marks a red X. And he hands out the cards and he tells the class, three of you have a card with a red X. Yeah, the rest of you have a blank card. And he tells them that the three that have a red X on their card, they're his informers. And oh. He, and he wants, he wants these informers to pay close attention, and anyone caught in the hall, because with the salute, anybody you see in the hallway, if they give you the salute, uh-huh. you are to salute them back, and you are, to re- you are to recite strength through community, strength through whatever the other one was. Yeah. Uh, community, discipline. Discipline. Yeah. So and discipline, strength through community. If they witness Sorry. anyone not doing this or questioning the third wave uh-huh. or anything like that, they are to be reported to Jones. Bunch of snitches. Yes. So that's when she's like, "Hey, why the? Why? Yeah. So she gets sent to the library. Um. And what he finds is that the three that he gives the X to. Basically, everyone starts informing on everyone. Yeah. Uh, they're all looking for the per- the people that aren't participating. So, he uh, also tells each person that they are to uh, hand out pamphlets and recruit new members within the school. So, and then he also has them Get work... Get a lot of hand! Uh... He wants you to be able, so he tells them that they are responsible for stopping any student that is not a third wave member from entering the room. Oh. So, like, now we're getting to the point where we're, like, no outsiders. Yeah. You know, no one can come in and question us. Like, we're, (laughs) so he says he wants them to be able to remember and recite by tomorrow the name and address of every third wave member. Jesus. He says that they are assigned the problem. Hey, Mr. Jones, I got an algebra test tomorrow that I need to study well for. Night. The algebra. Discipline only in this class, not the other. Not classes. the other classes. Fuck those. We're gonna use algebra, nerd. Fuck Poland. Yeah. Right? You mean Mrs. Mrs. Connor's class? Poland. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Uh. So he says that you, they are assigned the problem of training and convincing at least 20 other kids 
that the posture, that the sitting posture is necessary for better learning. It is their job to read the pamphlet and report its entire content to the class before period ends. And then he wants each of them to give him a name and address of one reliable friend that you think might wants to join the third wave. So he's starting to get a little... <laughs> he, he wants them to name names. Things are starting to get a little yeah. out of hand. I come to the library with uh, Stephanie, or whatever her name was. Sherry. Yeah. Uh, so he says that there's a very simple procedure for initiating new members, that a new member only had to be recommended by an existing member and issued a card by Jones himself. Uh, upon receiving the card, the new member had to demonstrate knowledge of the rules and pledge obedience to them. So the school was, like, hopping. Yeah. This. Like, everyone's pretty fucking stoked about this whole thing. Like, it's growing. Uh, it went from the 30 kids in the class uh-huh. to uh, pretty much most of the school. And kids from the two other nearby schools started Jeez. just showing up to be a part of this. So, very quick. This is Wednesday. These are not lone wolves. This started Monday. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, Followers. So he starts to realize that, uh, or so, yeah, so the school's like, so whatever this, it's so crazy that, like, not only the students are getting in on this, so he says that the school cook came in and asked him what a third wave cookie might look like, and he goes, ah, that'd be a chocolate chip cookie, (laughs) so then the school cook went and made a bunch of chocolate chip cookies for everybody, uh, he says that the principal came into a faculty meeting at the end of the day Wednesday and as soon as he sees Jones he gives him the third wave salute oh my god and Jones is like all right I can salute yeah. him back <laughs> so and you know he's just like oh shit uh okay that happened so and then he starts to realize that there's a lot of tattling going on like people are loving that they can come to him uh-huh. and be like this fucking dude fucking Matt <laughs> I saluted him, Matt fucking did yeah. me. So, he also institutes a public trial system. So, anyone accused of not following the rules faced a public trial. He said in the morning, uh, he would come in and stand at the front of the class. This is what the, uh, Mark Hancock is saying. You want to laugh at the name? <laughs> so, in the morning... Is there like a, is there like a hand pussy? Come on, man. Hand vag. Come on, man. Hand snatch. We're above that. <laughs> Are we? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like hand snatch. I do um, too. <laughs> Mark hand snatch. <laughs> That's a good name. Like uh, so yeah, he says that Jones would come in in the morning, stand in front of the class. Uh, he would pull a piece of paper out of his shirt pocket, and he would say a name. And then that person would stand up, and Jones would say, "My secret police have informed me that you've broken a rule. What do you have to say for yourself?" He'd let the kid talk, and he'd say, if we're going to be a disciplined group and do great things, we can't have a rule breaker here. He would then ask the students one by one, is this person guilty? And everyone would chant back, guilty, guilty, guilty. Jesus. <laughs> and that person would be heading to the library. Oh, library, yeah. So, Sherry, meanwhile, she says that uh, at some point she tells the librarian, because the librarian like asks her, what are you? Why are you here? <laughs> why, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Don't I you, can't drink when you're here. Can you, you leave? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to get drunk. All right. 
and fucking gym teacher supposed to be here to rail me here. <laughs> uh, but so she tells her about what's going on. Like she tries at first just be like, ah, I just need some more study time because yeah. she was kind of worried about what happened to her. But then she decides to tell her. And according to Sherry, the librarian kind of freaks out about this. And she says, Sherry, you can't take this sitting down. Uh, she says that she grew up in Nazi Germany. <laughs> and she said that this is exactly how the Nazi movement began. So that afternoon, Sherry goes home. She tells her parents what had happened. And she asks them to drive her to a supply store. And then she gets a bunch of poster board and stuff like that and she starts making posters and talking about the dangers of the third wave and she signs it all as the breakers that's the name she's going to give herself uh. for this and it's going to look like a group that's against the third wave so so that's happening uh so back in the classroom by the end of the third day oh so at some point during between Tuesday and Wednesday, or between Wednesday and Thursday, somehow, uh, Jones gets a call from a rabbi. And the rabbi had been told by one of the student's parents what was going on. Uh-huh. And he's very uh, he's very worried sure. because of this. And Jones tells him that it's just merely studying the German personality and how this kind of thing happens. That it's not you know anything dangerous. And the rabbi says that that's great. Everything's you know. kosher. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> and he says that he'll talk to the parents and let them know everything's okay. <clears throat> so, Jones's takeaway from this, which I find hilarious, he kind of blames. It's it's true though, but he says that you know, he kind of viewed it as this is just another person. That is turning their back to this, yeah. turning a blind eye, and Hater this is how house. this thing happens. Uh-huh. So he says that, you know, this rabbi could have asked follow-up questions. The rabbi could have looked into things more. He stood up a little more. But instead, he just went, oh, okay. Yeah, I you tried. Know. So he says, like, this is just another example of this is how this, yeah. this, is how this happens. Yeah. People just going, yeah, okay. You know, it's nothing. So by the end of the third day, by the end of Wednesday... He said things were getting uh, the balance between role playing and actual buying into this. Those lines were getting blurred. Yeah. He said many of the students were completely into being third wave members. Uh, they demanded strict obedience of the rules from other students, and they bullied those that took the experiment lightly. Others simply sunk into the activity and took self-assigned roles. Um, like one man, the one student that he remembers names Robert. He was a big kid, uh, not very smart. Uh, I think he was like basically his big his his best class for him was like a, a mechanic. What the hell's uh-huh. auto shop? Auto shop. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says that, but he would try really hard. He just wasn't, just didn't really have the mental. He ability. dumb. He's dumb. Um, but he said Ron Robert came to him. And what he say he said he suddenly realizes that Robert's been like following him around like really closely, and he asks him like, "Hey, what like what are you doing? Like, what's?" <laughs> and Robert tells him, uh, he kind of smiles at him and he says, "I'm your bodyguard. I'm just afraid something's going to happen to you, so I'm your bodyguard." And Jones is like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> sure, like sure." So he says that all day. Robert stays right near him, opens doors for him, make sure every make sure is everything okay. And he said he kind of realizes how 
far this is going when he walks into the, the faculty lounge uh-huh. and Robert follows him in and then stands off to the side, like guarding the door. Yeah. And he says, an English teacher that's in there tells Robert, hey, this is the teacher's room. You can't. And he shuts her down and says, I am a bodyguard for Mr. Jones. Oh, God. So, <laughs> end of conversation, lady. Yeah. If you know what's good for you. You want to go to the library? <laughs> yeah, I'll take you. You like the library? <laughs> Mrs. Something? Can't think of a name? Uh, you're, you're quick today. I am. My head hurts. <laughs> you could have came up with anything. I cannot think of a... But you said something. Uh-huh, Mrs. Something. <laughs> you never had a Mrs. Something? At least you said something. <laughs> with that, let's take a break. Take a break. And we're back. All right. You said Mrs. Something. Mrs. Something has been called out and shut down by Robert, the bodyguard. The bodyguard. So, Jones would actually end up having like three or four bodyguards. Basically, the entire auto shop uh-huh. became his bodyguards. You can't have too many bodyguards. You can't. Uh, Unless you're one bodyguard, Kevin Costner. You only need one. Yeah. Then I'll always love you. So, Thursday. We're at Thursday now. And he kind of knows... This is we need to end this. Yeah, um, he knows that things are getting out of hand. Like there's been fights, <laughs> like people are fighting with each other. Uh, some of the members are straight up beating people up because they're not falling in line. This just all sounds so familiar for shit going on right now. Right. God damn. Uh, he says that you know the third wave to a lot of the students had become their entire purpose yeah. now to uh-huh. them. Um, well, a lot of them probably didn't have very much. I mean, especially that young, too. Just, they just want well, to cling to So anything. he talks about how, like, the ones that didn't... So Sherry, yeah. that straight up says, you know, I don't, like, want to be part of this. Yeah. She was, like, a very intelligent student. She got really great grades, you know, very active in classes. Uh-huh. And he said that he noticed, like, the kids that were popular, the kids that were smart and got good grades, they quickly... Kind of just like, eh. Like, yeah. You know, he's like, a lot of them like, would participate, but you could tell they didn't. He said it was the like the middle. Like the ones that really didn't have a lot of friends. The ones that, you know, didn't get good grades. Like they bought in immediately. Yeah, they could finally excel at they could be They could be a part of yeah, something. Yeah. Which we saw. Like that's QAnon. That's yeah. the fucking, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, not Antifa, but... Uh, like, just the far-right movement. Uh, I mean, there's definitely on the left, too. It's the same shit. Yeah. Storming the freaking Capitol. Yeah, like, those fucking idiots. All those idiots would have ate this up in school. Um, so, yeah, he says, like, he keeps being aware that he's kind of becoming a dictator. Like... I guess. And he know like, he argues with himself. Like, he's arguing with himself constantly to, we like, where is the line? Yeah. When do I end this? How do I end this? Yeah. You know. Uh, so, by the fourth day... Uh, let me see where I'm at here. Um, oh, so bet- over overnight, Wednesday and Thursday, somebody had broken in to the classroom and tore down all of the strength through unity, strength through community posters, oh. all that stuff. Uh, Sherry would claim that she did this, that she had her... The breakers. That she had her father bring her in. Uh-huh. And she, so that's what her claim is. Uh... Jones and his book and stuff article that he would later write, he says that uh, 
when he arrived Thursday morning, he found Sherry's father in the classroom. Like, he was he was stuck in there because he broke in through the window. Oh. <laughs> door was locked. Uh-huh. He couldn't get back out. So he says that Sherry's father, who was a um, former Air Force colonel and had spent time in a German prisoner, German war, German war camp as a prisoner, he said that upon hearing of the activity of the third wave, he kind of lost control. Yeah. Uh, he he broke into the he broke in, tore everything apart, whatever. Um, and he said that, uh, so he finds that guy the next morning propped up against the classroom door. Um, the guy tells him, you know, his friends had been killed in Germany. Uh, he said he was like visibly shaking and Jones sits and talks with him and then, uh, gets a hold of his wife, gets a hold of, and they have a friend come and get him. Uh That's his, I don't know. I don't know which one happened. Either that happened or Sherry broke in and did all of this and, you know. Because she says she broke in, put posters up all over the school that night of, like, anti-third wave. Yeah. So, don't know which one's true. She also says that this took place over nine days, to her recollection. But everyone else, it was, like, that one week. The one week. So, huh? don't know. Um, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now... There are, in the classroom itself, there's over 80 students now at this point. But there's like 200-some members. Because, you know, they're giving memberships out to like anybody that... Different schools. So there's like 200-some members, but 80 students from the school. Um, So he decides he's got to do something in this, and he kind of swings big. So he gets in front of the class... And he announces, he lowers his voice very seriously, very monotone. He tells them, quote, The third wave isn't just an experiment or a classroom activity. It's far more important than that. The third wave is a nationwide program to find students who are willing to fight for political change in this country. That's right. This activity we've been doing has been practiced for the real thing. Across the country... Teachers like myself have been recruiting and training a youth brigade capable of showing the nation a better society through discipline, community, pride, and action. If we can change the way that schools run, we can change the way that factories, stores, universities, and all the other institutions are run. You are a selected group of young people chosen to help in this cause. If you will stand up and display what you have learned in the past four days... We can change the destiny of this nation. We can bring in a new sense of order, community pride and action, a new purpose. Everything rests with you and your willingness to take a stand. So now he's just... Pretty big swing. This is a real thing. Yeah. You guys are part of a real movement. So... Time to kick some ass. uh, To give validity to the seriousness of his words, he turns to these three girls that are in the class who he knew had questioned the third wave. It was known that they had done this. Uh-huh. So he demands that they leave the room. He explains that, uh, or he then tells the four guards he has to escort them to the library and to restrain them from entering the class the next day. Uh, he then says that there will be a, n- a rally at noon in the school auditorium the next day on Friday. And there would be a rally for third wave members only. 
He said then he just he just keeps talking. He's just like <laughs> on a roll now. He says that he basically didn't stop talking because he was afraid as soon as he did, somebody would ask a question that could kind of bring this whole thing down. Yeah. So he's just going. And he says that on at noon on Friday that a national candidate for president would be announced uh, and that the formation of the third wave youth program would be announced. So now he's saying that this is actually a political movement that has a president-elect, uh-huh. a nominee, can- a candidate, that they're going to, and this is going to be broadcast on television at noon the next day. So he says that uh, it'll he's be... He's escalating this. <laughs> he says that this will be like simulcast, simul, simul, simulcast, simulcast uh-huh. uh, to over a thousand different youth groups across the country. <laughs> who can all stand up and display their support for such a movement. Uh, he says that, you know, you, this class, is going to represent this area. Uh, he also says that, he also questions if they can make a good showing, because he says that the press has been invited to record the entire event. Event. Uh, he says no one blinked an eye at this, no one laughs, they all just, yeah, okay, sure, we're here, this yeah. is it. So, he said, all of a sudden, people start chanting out, we can do this. We can do it. Oh and then they start asking, can we bring friends? Can we, you know, whatever. And he says, one kid says from the back, back room, Mr. Jones, have you seen the advertisement in Time Magazine? So this fucking crazy-ass coincidence, uh, the student holds up a Time Magazine, and in the magazine, there is a advertisement, full-page pa- full collar advertisement for some random lumber company. And in the advertisement, it says, it advertises the product as the third wave Ugh. in big red, white, and blue letters. So the, the, student, the student says, is this a part of the campaign, Mr. Jones? Is this like a code? Yeah. And he's like, yep. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. And <laughs> Good job, Jimmy. He quickly says, it's all set for tomorrow. Be in the auditorium 10 minutes before noon. Be seated. Be ready to display the discipline, community, and pride you have learned. Don't talk to anyone about this. This rally is for members only. And then he gets the fuck out of the class. <laughs> and he's just like, holy shit. Like, that magazine, who would have thought? Like, yeah. you know, that could not have worked out more perfect. This guy is crazy. So, <laughs> so here we are on Friday. T-G-I-F. T-G-I-F. So, everybody shows up. Everybody's in the auditorium. Everybody's seated properly, waiting for this to happen. He, (laughs) fucking Jones, has got a lot of his friends to participate in this as news reporters. Oh, my God. So... He has his friends there as news reporters asking questions, taking pictures. Uh Uh-huh. They do, like, a big group photo. And... You know, he just fucking goes full line here. Like, I don't know how you set this all up overnight. Yeah. Impressive. He's he's pretty good at this. <laughs> he could be, you know. It's a good thing he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Sort of. He didn't really yeah, know what he was doing. I was going to say, it sounds like but he, he knew that he shouldn't be doing it. by the seat of his pants. So, uh, over 200 students were crammed in the auditorium. Uh, he There were athletes, uh, popular kids, student leaders, loners. Uh, bikers, hippies, um, just the whole, you know, yeah. everybody. Everybody's buying into this. Uh, so a TV set is wheeled out on the auditorium. 
No one moves. Everybody's just there, staying completely strict, sitting up. Yeah. Uh, he gets up in front of everybody, and he says, Before turning on the national press conference, which will begin in five minutes, I want to demonstrate to the press the extent of our training. He said then he gave the salute, uh, which then was followed by 200 arms yeah. going up into the air to salute back. He then says the words... The CSEs. Yes. He then says the words, strength through discipline. And he strength starts throwing it like a course. It starts low. Strength through discipline. Strength through discipline. And then it starts to grow. Uh-huh. Strength through discipline. Until it is like a fucking roar. Like the entire auditorium. Everyone's uh, fucking saluting and saying strength through discipline. Yeah. And, you know, the friends are there taking the pictures. and So, so 12.05 comes around. He turns off the lights. Turns on the television set. And it's just static. He said it's, he's like kind of like freaking out at this point because he's like, he doesn't know how this is going to go. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he turns that on and he leaves the room. Uh, and he kind of watches through the, uh, you know, window. Uh-huh. He says no one moves. Everyone just sits, stares at the TV, waits for something to happen. And then 12.07 comes. And then 12.10, 12.15, nothing's happening. He says he starts to notice, like, some. finally some of the kids are kind of looking around at each other. Uh-huh. He says one kid, he, he sees specifically starts getting, like, legs kind of like, you know, uh, where you start doing that whole bouncing your foot yeah. up and down and kind of looking around a little bit more. And he said that the kid stands up and starts saying, this is what they did to the, this is what they did to, uh, the Jews. They locked him in a room and gassed him. We're going to get gassed. Oh, my God. So he starts freaking out. So everybody kind of starts freaking out. Uh, one guy stands up. There isn't any leader, is there? This is all a scam. So everybody starts to kind of freak out. He walks into the room while this is whole. You know, he kind of uh-huh. walks in where nobody can see him. Turns off the TV. Everybody looks back up to him, and everybody gets kind of back into where they're supposed to be, though. Like they immediately yeah. sit right back into like strict. Everybody fucking calms Good little down. Little doggies. Yeah, and he says to them. Listen closely. I have something important to tell you. Sit down, everybody. There is no leader. There is no such thing as a national youth movement called the Third Wave. You have been used, manipulated, shoved by your own desires into the place you now find yourself. You are no better or worse than the Nazis we have been studying. (laughs) You thought you were the elite. You thought you were better than those outside this room. You bargained your freedom for the comfort of discipline and superiority. You chose to accept that group's will and the big lie over your own convictions. You think to yourself that you were just going along for the fun, that you could extricate yourself at any moment. But where were you heading? How far would you have gone? Let me show you the future. Then a giant projection screen drops down. The projector lights up and he's showing the Nuremberg rally which is the big, famous rally where Hitler gets all uh-huh. the whatever. So he basically is saying, this is you. Yeah. Look what you fucking became. <laughs> Everybody, like, people are crying. Did he gas him after that? <laughs> he gasses <laughs> them all. Uh, he says everyone must accept. He's like, and that, Billy, is how the German people allow the Nazis to kill the Jews. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Will this be on the test? <laughs> this was the test, you stupid fuck. You failed. So, so is that on the test? Oh, yeah. So, 
yeah, he everyone's everyone's just kind of crying. Everyone's kind of in disbelief. The the whole thing was over. The third wave was over. He looks over Robert, his bodyguard. He's crying. He's you know he's no longer a part of anything. The students just slowly get out of their chairs. And they start filing out out of the auditorium. Uh-huh. He walks over to Robert. It's said, important that another important lesson is life's a disappointment. So at least the yeah. students can learn that kind of yeah. Too. So there you go, two lessons yeah, for nothing one. Nothing matters. Uh, he goes over to Robert. He consoles him. He tells him it's over. It's all right. Uh, You're still a big strong boy. <laughs> You're still my big strong bodyguard. <laughs> Who's my big strong bodyguard? So yeah, uh, Sherry says that. So after the after the uh, auditorium thing, uh-huh. she says that a bunch of the students came into the library to get her, and her first reaction is, "Oh no, they know that I'm the breaker." <laughs> so like this girl has this idea that she, like she probably is like I might be killed. Yeah, like that's you know. And they tell her, like, hey, the whole thing was a sham. Uh, we're going back to class. <laughs> yeah. You know. So she's, she has this whole thing about how she says that she's was the breaker and Mr. Jones gets furious with her. And I don't know if that, nobody else seems to yeah. have that kind of. Uh, Wait, a high school girl being dramatic? <laughs> Over dramatic? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, uh, but she was the only, her and one other uh, girl were the only two students who ever stood up against this. Yeah. Uh, the other girl's name was Alyssa Hess, and right before the rally, she stood up in, cl- in class and urged everyone not to attend it, which she got sent to the library. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting that the only two to stand up against this uh-huh. were two women. Two chicks, man. So, uh, reflecting back, uh, Mark Hancock, your boy, Mark Hansnatch, <laughs> that we're calling him now, yeah. Hansnatch. He what says, mouth cock, huh? Okay. What about it? I don't know. He says, uh, what people don't understand is the way that Jones rolled out the wave. We got sucked into it because it was gradual. Yeah. By the time you felt trapped, there wasn't much you could do. The reality is that it was your social studies, the reality, the reality is that it was your social studies class and you really couldn't go anyplace else. The only thing you couldn't have done, uh, the only thing you could have done is take the game to the new level and be a revolutionary or try to get out through the administration, but that didn't seem like a possible avenue because everyone was part of the wave as far as you knew. Uh, he's the one that when the rules were being explained, the A, you, if you participate, you get an A. Uh-huh. Uh, if you try to start a revolutionary, you get, a revolution, you get an F, unless, unless you, it succeeds. Yeah. So he said initially his thought was, I want to be one of the revolutionaries that gets an A. Yeah. And he says, I wish I would have done more, and I wish I could say that I was a major resistor. He says he has he had good intentions, but it was like a totalitarian state. That if you said the wrong thing, you would disappear. He said he made up his mind that he was going to try to figure it out from inside. Sure, so, Mark. Sure. But he said every day everything just kept changing, and he kept thinking the clouds apart. I don't know what to do. But before he knew it, he never did anything. He was a Nazi, and it was over. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So that's the third wave experiment. Like it took a week. Messing with young people's minds. It took one week to ah. get in, get two hundred people <laughs> to buy into this. Nineteen sixty-seven. Nineteen sixty-seven. So like twenty-ish years. School is so stupid. Well, imagine that happening today. Yeah. Like I think I think it kind of. I mean, a lot of people say that liberal colleges are trying to do this kind of thing now, where they're trying to 
indoctrinate students, which who the fuck knows. Yeah. I feel like no matter what side you're on, There's, people yeah. are trying to indoctrinate you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, like him saying, like, you suddenly you're just trapped. Like, this experiment worked yeah. perfectly, I think. I mean, it was a long way to answer a question. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it answered I hope that it. kid learned his lesson not to ask any more questions. Wouldn't it be hilarious if that kid was, like, absent the whole week? Yeah. And no one realized it until after. He shows back up the following Monday. What happened last week? So, like, anyone oh. ever find out why the Germans did with the... <laughs> Discipline through community or whatever the fuck. Uh, there's been like a there's been a documentary about it. There's been like a made for TV movie. Um, I, I think it's gonna be that Stanford thing at first. Didn't Stanford? Oh, the Stanford do, experiment. Yeah, that's the one where they had like the prison guards, uh, prison and, guards stuff, yeah. and the prisoners. It's basically yeah. the same thing. I mean, it's just power amongst. Yeah, power corrupts. Yeah, uh, always. So, mm-hmm. uh, thank God I don't have it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a crazy... Because you said that you would, like, want to go to the library. Yeah. And I think I would... But that's easy to say now, like, out of it, you know, like, in there. You know, sure, I want to please the teacher, too, because, you know, I want to... I mean, I guess... I want to follow the rules. If I was told, if I was was told, though, that to do that, I was going to get an F, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Because I'd be like, fuck, I don't get an F. Yeah. You got to pass. I don't know if I would have... I've never been one to buy into, like, group shit. I would have been his first bodyguard. I would have killed his original bodyguard <laughs> just to take that Wore spot. his skin. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I wish we would have done that. We'd have that as a story. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy, though. Like, I mean, it, weird where the guy's talking about you get caught up in it, and it becomes, yeah. like, that's kind of what happens. Like, you well, keep thinking, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll fix this tomorrow. And then tomorrow happens, and all right, yeah. Or, like, <laughs> you think, deep, like, I'm not going to be a part of this. And then, too deep. Yeah, and like you said, uh, it is very reflective of a lot of the things going on today. So, yeah. but yeah, shit don't change. Well, that's the third wave story. So I've always just uh, always thought that was a very interesting, uh-huh. crazy ass. To- like the the fact that it's like a week, yeah, blows my mind. Like by Wednesday, everybody's bought in. <laughs> well, back then too, they didn't have much else going on. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they couldn't check the, the internet. Like once he told them that this was actually a thing, like yeah. I get, you know, they didn't have the internet to go yeah. check that. Couldn't Google it, which could have been couldn't ask Jeeves, right? Yeah, or Yahoo, Bing, Bing, couldn't Bing it. So you got to feel good for us. I do, but first, play that music, white boy. Oh, I don't see color. Well, that's on you. You should. <laughs> Feels good. Are you, you're pointing at me? Do I talk now? All right. You keep pointing. All right. This this week's feel good is about one of our listeners. Feels good. It feels good that people listen and they uh, that they uh, they interact with us on social media. And this is our friend, uh, our friend, our friend, uh, Kenny Dan. She's at Kendra underscore Creek on Twitter. She posted to let us know that it was. Varsity Blues, not Friday Night Lights, for last episode. Yeah. And I just thought that was neat that, you know, we did an episode, we put it out, somebody listened, then they went on social media to correct our dumbasses, <laughs> and that made me feel good. Yeah. So, I, uh, thanks, Kendra. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe I, she stopped listening to us after that. After that? Yeah. I was like, well, I can't listen no to No one it. messes with my Vanderbeek. Right. <laughs> Right, I can't listen to people that don't know the difference between Friday Night Lights and I know. Varsity Blues. Yeah, see, I didn't know either. I said uh, any given Sunday, which was obviously.
obviously not it. Right, that's that like way the off. Oliver Stone football movie. Yeah. Hoping that you would get it as you're the engine behind this show. And you said Friday Night Lights, and I blindly followed you. So it kind of ties into it this does, week's episode. I, I, could, I, you know, I, part of me was like, is it Friday Night Lights? But I mean, I you just were like, I, well, that's what he said. That's so what Josh said. It has he, to be right. He has a microphone and a computer. And yeah. I'm going to shit all over it one day. Yeah, you got to drop that dream. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks, Kendrick. Yeah, she, I saw the. I she saw went her. on Twitter. She she tagged me in it, you know. Yeah. Cause well, you know, I don't care. She knew that you wouldn't take it well being the, <laughs> being the engine that drives the I'd show. Lo- I'd block her. <laughs> Put out a statement. Uh-huh. Middle-aged mediocre does not <laughs> recognize your as a fan. Yeah. No, no, that well, was thanks, awesome. Kenny Dan. Yeah, and she was right. Like it's yeah, we were completely yeah. wrong. Completely uh, wrong. We usually are. First time. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. we usually are, except for that. The, no, nope. first first time, <laughs> first time, first time for everything. Yeah. Uh, it'll never happen again. Uh-uh. We will never be wrong again. Not once. So that is a fucking guarantee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a. I still like I, I when she said that you know uh-huh. like I'm still like that to me that was the same movie. <laughs> like I forgot those were two separate movies anyways. It went and turned into a TV show. Friday I don't think I ever saw Friday Night Lights. I don't think I did either. Billy Bob Thornton was the coach in that one. Though. I saw the show on NBC or whatever channel. They turned it into a show. But I saw Varsity Blues. Was he the coach in that? Yeah. I don't. I haven't seen it, but I just know that okay. Billy Bob Thornton was the... Look it up if you don't believe me. Okay? Well, there was a character in Varsity Blues named Billy Bob, right? Yeah, that was the big offensive line. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I believe you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you made a face. <laughs> kind of unbelievable. I believe-ish Yeah-ish. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you probably know what you're talking about. I'm going to Google it real All right. Quick. See, it was in the movie, not the TV show. Because the TV show has that actor who has a name that nobody knows, but he's in everything. All right. Looking like you were right. Yep. Looking like you know what you're talking about here. Uh, yeah, he was. Okay. So, All you know, right. you get this one. There Can you, you name anybody else that was in that movie? In Friday Night Lights? Uh-huh. Um, Stifler? No. Okay, I, that's it. I'm out of right. ideas. That was a good game. Thanks. Good game. Uh, yeah, Billy Bob. Can you? I mean, you're looking at it, but can you name anybody? I, I, I couldn't have without. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could have actually if I would have kind of thought about it. Tim yeah. McGraw. Tim McGraw? Oh, he's, he's the dad, huh? Yeah. The yeah. dad that, yep. I would have eventually got to there. They are about the same movie, though. There's a dad that wants the boy to do really good, and the kid's like, I don't And the don't boy really don't care. want. He don't want your life. <laughs> so, yeah, same movie. I, I don't want your <laughs> life. It's the only part of that movie I remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. So, all yeah, right. You remember the name of it. <laughs> well, that's our show. That was it. We ended on a. No, we. That is awesome though. Like I. Yeah. More. We need. We would love more. Yeah, I just love the interaction. Interaction. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So. She uh, thought about us. She correct. She let us know. You know, and I, I really, I appreciate. That. Now, speaking of interactions, uh, I did notice that listeners that use Apple Podcasts are now our majority. Of our listeners. Oh, really? So that means we should have way more than five, or than I think we have eight ratings <laughs> and one review. So if the majority of our people just rate us, you really need to do your part of this. Yeah. Give you us know. either four or five stars. Five. Five. Give us five. I'll be happy with four. It, wor- it works way better for us to get uh, more. Uh, okay, do five. Five, like, gets uh-huh. us. Better chances of cool. like promotion and All shit right. like that. So five stars, five stars, and a review would yeah. be awesome. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, you know, we'd love to be able to do 
um, a lot of different stuff. And to do that, we need we need money. Yeah. So five know, stars gives us money. The more recognition we can get, the more promotion we can get, the more we can do, and the more so, interactions we can do with fans. Exactly. So keep that up. Uh, thank you again for reaching out to us uh-huh. and correcting us. If if anybody ever hears us say some stupid shit that's wrong, yeah. please by all means call me. us out. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to learn and grow. We're, we're not going to learn from it. We might but grow we like a to know bit. that we. <laughs> yeah. You know, we like to know. We keep a list. Yes. So all right. Well, <laughs> you got anything else before we get out of here? Stay mediocre. All right, <laughs> that'll that'll that that'll do. I'm out. That'll do, I'm pig. Done. That'll do. I'll do. Snether for here, I get.